Okay, I wasn't aware they were doing any yeah, changes. Yeah, big, big, big. Well, one of the things I had to do for for that job was they were building Florida's Jungle Cruise over there. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to Florida and learn how to work their Jungle Cruise and yeah. learn the differences. And it's a vastly different conveyance system there. It's yeah, a, absolutely. It's a neat it's a, setup. It, it's nice because you don't have the derail issue that you yeah. have here. Um, you know, there's still other issues with that little channel getting blocked up with yeah, leaves and all that. But um, it doesn't fill up as quickly because their plants are off to the side. There's not yeah. – I don't think that there's a point that I'm aware of where there's a really heavy overhang anywhere in the Florida. So you don't get all that. Yeah, it doesn't fall in. Whereas with ours, it's that choked up bamboo. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's like that, a jungle out it's, there. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Um, and luckily, I think most of the giant spider webs, you know, keep the bamboo, you know, from yeah. falling over. Exactly. There's that nice, you know, strength of silk there. But, but, you know, on that bamboo, I used to, I remember in the summertime going around on the Jungle Cruise and watching the bamboo grow. Yeah. It would start out, you know, a little sprout. And by the end of the day, there'd be like a foot. And you'd just go, wow. I mean, it was amazing to see. So anyway, there I am in Tokyo and uh, they're putting in Florida's style ride so mm-hmm. there's a there's an enclosed area when you go through the ruins which is not at the beginning it's like in the middle or just right. before the end and it's really cool and there's all the jewels and all that stuff but um what they decided to do and i don't know why they did this but somebody in their infinite wisdom said i know let's make the jungle cruise go in the opposite direction in in japan and they didn't have a reason why. They just wanted to do it. I think it was the, the plans for uh, the Australian jungle cruise. <laughs> yeah. Because something. anything south of the equator, yeah, the jungle goes the, the opposite way. direction. Yeah, exactly. So, so it sounded like a good idea, and so they did it. And uh, the biggest thing, there were two major problems. One was... The boats had to be backwards. <laughs> the, the entrances on the boats. One was the... Um, Converting from metric to U.S., they drew it all in U.S. measurements, and then they had to convert it all to metric. Mm-hmm. That was a huge problem, and so a lot of stuff got screwed up. And then the other problem was they did not turn around the set designs. They turned around the river, but you ended up riding through looking at the backs of all the animals. So when I showed up, the Jungle Cruise was midway in construction, and I started pointing out all these just huge problems. There were no boats yet, and we were walking through in the concrete, and they're installing all the animals, and I said, these are all backwards. And they go, well, look at the drawings. And I said, but the access panels to fix the the you know mechanisms are all exposed to the to the guests. And mm-hmm. the good part, the good side of the animal is away. They go, that doesn't matter. It's away. So... They turned some stuff around. Most of it they couldn't turn around. So you got the animals were all facing weird directions. And then they had to make more skin to cover the access panels. It just was absolutely awful looking. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh. So then they deliver the boats. And just as you guessed, the doors were on the wrong side. So they put the boats in. And they put them in backwards because the the doors were on the other side, and I said, you can't, you know, the boats are going the wrong way. And they go, well, look at the doors. And I was like, oh, my God. So they they delivered all 14 boats, and then they took them all back out and took them back to Yamaha, who was a company that made them. And they said, look at the drawings. It's, it's you know, per the drawings. So then now they've got the, 
the boats and they were having to saw up, up the canopy supports and all this and it was just terrible. Oh my gosh, awful. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the they're in the middle of, of probably the most um, dramatic jungle cruise reconcepting. I mean, they're redoing the entire oh, concept. Wow, I had right? no idea. And what what my understanding is is that they're going to put a musical backtrack that you're going to have the adventure along with. And there are certain audio cues and certain um, adventure feel to it. it. What I was told was that it's going to feel like Indiana Jones in a boat. Okay, that so the sound, is, the music part's going to be coming with the you. Music the part's going to be coming with you in the boat. Holy cow. And some of the sound effects. And they're, they're really putting some money in the, into the PA system, which God knows, you know, Anaheim will never do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, I hated some of those PAs. The PA, I mean, as I'm sure you're, uh, I don't know how it was with the old, you know, canopy boats, the old uh, stripies. Yeah. The new boats, the PA system, when we came in, the, it would rest on the bottom of the hull and sit there. Mm-hmm. Well, the obvious issue is bilge. Yeah. So you would have all this damp. moisture yeah. and it would get damp and these PA systems would get, you know, um, corrupted, you know, terminals. Right. And so you'd have these boats that, you know, they would constantly be having to, to fiddle with as far as the PA. And you had some boats that you were just craving, like, please take them into rehab. I'll, you know, I'll pull yeah. wires out if I have to. I to remember break that. It, that it was certain so boats had bad PAs. And then you would go through, you know, they'd assign you to a boat, and then you'd go through like six microphones yeah, to, to find the one that, one that works, works with best it. with that system. Yeah. And, and it might work great in another boat, but this one, it's like, and. And the foreman, you know, I, I was the foreman for a while. As a foreman, you just hated that because the the prima donna jungle skipper had to have his special microphone. You know, I actually the one that I the thing I'm surprised that they haven't done is with with as inexpensive as either Bluetooth or or radio mics are anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you you should just pay a, you know pay the money up front to have the skipper have a wireless mic. Yeah, that the microphone assembly they get to take with them, or they leave right. it in a locker, and then you fewer you, communicable diseases would be transmitted. Oh, at that I think. Well, I think the bigger issue is that so many people have knowledge right now that you know it's more it's easier to use common equipment. But you know they should be using the entertainment style mics, the ones that go over the ear with the little microphone right. yeah, on the side. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Have it, you know, just swap out yeah. a radio pack and plug deal. it in. Yeah, something hands free because yeah. those the the mic cables, you know, get twisted. <laughs> well, in the, I remember in the steering having, wheels to, having or, you know, in the middle of a trip, having to twist the cable a certain way and hold it uh, with my fingers so that so it, it didn't get stay static. Or, yeah. and then the, you know they they got ticked off at the whole putting a penny in the. Uh, in the the microphone to keep the button down, yeah, right. Because you know you didn't want it. They were saying it was damaged in the equipment and keeping it open channel all the mm-hmm. time. But your hands would you know get cramped up yeah, after exactly. an hour or two, or in cold weather with gloves on, trying yeah. to hold that mic down was near yeah, impossible. Yeah, it's funny. That that goes to your ergonomics there. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, yeah, so Tokyo is uh, they're changing kind of the feel of it, and from what. You know, I, the biggest thing I've heard is that it's going to be less less humor oriented and uh-huh. more adventure oriented. Well, you know, one of the interesting things that happened with Tokyo was um, they they had the spiel from Florida and Disneyland, and they gave it to an interpreter, mm-hmm. and they translated it into 
probably, Japanese. Probably word for word. Right, exactly. Rather than translating and the, so the feel they, of it. And so they said, uh, you know, then the Japanese read it and they said, this does not make any sense at all. So they said, okay, why don't you have your guys write a spiel and then we'll see how it goes. So they wrote it in Japanese and they translated it word for word into English and it was the most ridiculous sounding thing you've ever heard of. And mm-hmm. so they realized that this whole language cultural barrier is, is a huge problem for the yeah. Jungle Cruise. So they, um, so they said, okay, forget everything. We're going to find a comic who understands English com you know American English comedy and also does comedy in Japanese mm-hmm. and we're going to train him on the Jungle Cruise and explain to him all the jokes and then he's going to write a spiel and whatever he writes we're going to go with because we can't there's no other way to make park. it work yeah so that's what they did and uh, I remember going around on the jungle cruise you know the the guys got there the first, i trained the first skippers there and they get their spiel and they're they're looking through and they're cracking up at this and that and so i said uh you know i'm i say to my interpreter what what's so funny what are they what are they liking and she would read these things and they didn't make any sense and the one that comes to mind was um at trader sam they would say this is uh Turedo sam and he uh is the person in charge of sales at the Jungle Cruise. And as you can see, he fired his employees. And I said, why is that? You know, what, what's funny about that? And she said, because in Japanese, fired is the same word as neck. <laughs> so she, they, they thought it was hysterically <laughs> funny. And, uh, but you can see, I mean, the, yeah, the problems that the were subtle, with that. Subtlety. And, and then um, what ended up happening was it was exactly like what happens... At the uh, Jungle Cruise, everyone, at everyone Disneyland. threw the damn scripts away they anyway. Pretty much threw it away, and they were doing this their own thing. And so I was riding around with these guys, and I and this is after the park had opened, and there were um, there were guests in the boat, and and the guests are laughing hysterically at the bull elephant, you know, when he's telling his spiel. And I, I we get off the boat, and I I said, you know, what what did he say that was so funny? And she goes. She goes, you're not going to like it. I said, why that? She goes, because he said the, ele- the the African bull elephant weighs six to eight tons, except after he takes a dump. Then he weighs, he weighs you know, five to eight tons, something like that. And and I just went, oh, my God, we, they don't understand. You know, we we got to get with them and say, okay, no toilet humor. And they said, well, but it's very funny. So it was it was always a struggle. And, I, you know, I, I was only there for about a month after the park opened. Yeah. I don't know what ended up happening with all that, but it was quite an experience. That's one of those you you kind of want to go back twenty years later and just see yeah. just see what's changed and what what stuck. And yeah, it's interesting. I was there for the opening of California Adventure. Oh um, yeah, and worked uh, a couple of the rides over on the pier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the both of which are gone. The uh, <laughs> the Malibuomer and the Orange the Orange Stinger, both of which are. No longer rest in peace. The Malibu uh, Malibuomer was the big towers. That, oh that, yeah, yeah, the yeah. little impact ride. And then, and then the, the, the big bees orange, and, the yeah, bees the bees, and oranges. The bees and oranges. Thing, it was a great ride. It just wasn't engineered to hold the weights of Americans. My um, my friend Eddie Sato designed that, mm-hmm. and his design was different than what they ended up building. They yeah. um, the the orange was going to be uh, stained glass, mm-hmm. and the little chairs were going to have lights on them 
spotlights. Mm-hmm. And so when it spun around, there was going to be all these lights, yeah. you know, moving around inside. And he said it just, they ended up making it a cheaper, you know. Yeah, but I could imagine the problem with, with sunlight going through those prisms of stained glass. Well, it wasn't all, it was going to, there were going to be like yeah, no, no, stripes but, of stained glass. Yeah, but everything. just imagine the sun coming through those and, and, you know, focusing. And it's like the the building that they, I can't remember where it was at, but they built a new high-rise building and it focused the sun to the point where it melted the top of a car oh, yeah yeah because it just like focused it to a point yeah. they didn't think about where that glass yeah, there was, was a to. solar panel installation in uh, corona del mar that that ended up frying the curtains of a house it was like a half a mile away so <laughs> so we still need, unintended consequences we still need those heat lasers yeah. so um do you do you swing down to the park uh do you go regularly do you go every once in a while i have a brother-in-law who is a mucky muck out there and uh he gets me in every so often but i don't go as much as i used to when i was a kid i used to go once a month yeah and i i continued going you know after i i, I was a uh, with american airlines for a year before i got back to um california still working for them uh and once i got back i still used to go quite often but not so much anymore it's such a, it's such a hassle to get into the park yeah. I, I think my biggest thing is that there's no downtimes. I mean, there's no there's no yeah. slow seasons. That's even, exactly right. Even yeah. this time of year, which used to be, you know, 8 o'clock park closes, 10 o'clock opens. used to be the time to go because you didn't have, you know, yeah. uh, lots of people. It's still 50% more than it was when I started. Yeah. But the problem is is that because the the Christmas window with Haunted Mansion and, you know, all the other seasonal things – now pushes so many people into the park that they don't have that rehab window right. in September and October, November that they used to have. Right. So they have to do all the major rehabs January, February, March. Right. right now you've got Big Thunder is down for its biggest renovation ever. They're basically rebuilding the entire ride. Um, so Thunder's wow. been down Holy almost a year from what I understand. And they're just wow. starting to do testing now for it. But you had that short window where Mansion changes over from Nightmare Before Christmas to the regular one. Right. Um, Nemo was down doing a rehab. I guess it's its first big one since it opened. Oh, wow. So, I have still to get to go on that. Right? Yeah, I'm mixed feelings on yeah. it. I like the technology. I mean, it's cute. I it's I didn't understand the four- and five-hour lines when it opened. Yeah. That made no sense to me at yeah. all. I actually think that... Um, the one at uh, Walt Disney World where yeah. they they have the aquariums and it has the clamshells that look like the people move like the uh, haunted mansion clamshells right. and you get in that and they project the fish into the fish tanks on clear panels oh, that are wow. in there That's with cool. with real fish. Yeah. So when you go through it, it it makes sense that there's fish now, inside the fish tank. It's a beautiful technology. The special is that effects in are great. The Magic it's Epcot. Part? Oh, Epcot. it's in Epcot. It's, oh, okay. at, it's in the it's in the the sea. And they still have the sub ride down there at the the um, yeah twenty thousand yeah the original version. yeah, yeah okay. so yeah it's I you know the the rule has always been you keep the ride in one place even when it's closed down elsewhere right. so that's why you know they did um, they still have you know Country Bear they still have in, in Orlando oh, yeah. there's still some things um, they still have People Mover in Orlando although everyone who everyone who goes to Orlando. Um, it seems like their biggest thrill is when people move or breaks down and they have to evac. Oh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> why are you so happy about evac? And they use linear, linear induction yeah. down there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of change. Now, uh, the big the big thing this year was the first time that the Disney uh, Disneyland has actually had an official holiday overlay for the Jungle Cruise. 
And this year was what was called the Jingle Cruise. And they... Oh, my God. Um, I, I know some of the people who were involved in the creation, and they're, they're great guys. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of chance. I didn't talk to, uh, you know, just the personal side. I got married in November. Uh, we did a two-and-a-half-week honeymoon in, in Hawaii, and uh-huh. then Christmas. And it's, it's a tough time of year to get skippers for interviews anyway. So I had, like, this three-month black hole where... You know, I'd interviewed Sue B and, and a couple other people right before then, and then there was this three-month gap, mm-hmm. and I lost all the momentum in getting more interviews lined up. So you know, you're the second person I've chatted with since I came back. Um, so it was a real challenge in, in getting that up and running because people, you know, are, are flaky. There was a point to where I was going with this story. Gosh. Jingle Cruise. Jingle Cruise. So uh, because of that, um, I didn't get a chance during that time to talk about it uh, in the podcast, oh. there was a lot of a lot of controversy. How do I say controversy? There were a lot of sniping at it that oh, yeah. really surprised me. And it came from it came from a lot of the nine five one era people who went on the ride and were like, "Yeah, this is horrible." And why did? And I kind of looked at it, and this was my take. You guys were doing, uh, we were too, doing holiday jokes. We all there were always Christmas jokes. You get around the holiday season, right. you slip in one or two of them, and you put them in your regular spiel and go. Um, it was the first year doing it, so there were bound to be glitches. There were bound to be jokes that didn't work the way that other jokes did. Right. Um, through through channels, I submitted you know four or five jokes for next year because I love the concept. Yeah. Uh, the one that I I want to. So see, what what did they do? That's- well, they had they had um, leopard skin uh, elf hats. <laughs> and it was basically that the skippers uh, were stuck in the jungle and were longing for their families at Christmas time. So they decorated the boats up and they decorated the boathouse to have a Christmas theme. Oh, okay. So it's not like animals wearing no, Santa hats. No, 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 no. It, it doesn't change. <laughs> doesn't change what's in the jungle. It's it just, just the, makes the it way the skippers. Yeah, the, the skip. And they had a great poster where they um, they took the old Jungle Cruise elephant poster. And they kind of made it a little bit blue, kind of back tones. Uh-huh. And they put um, a Christmas hat on top of the elephant that's coming out of the underbrush. Right. Put a little snow in there, you know. And it was a fantastic concept. I, yeah, I kind of get, idea. I kind of get the feeling that the execution was under a very short time window, uh-huh. and I think that's why it's going to improve dramatically next year. I think that they they presented it and they probably got the go ahead to do it in like August or September. Oh yeah, so they had to rush to get yeah. it. Yeah. And and I've I've actually made requests to interview some of the team that was behind it. We'll see Disney Legal. I know that I'm on their radar and I'm trying to stay under it as much as possible, but we're kind of moving into the realm of legitimacy now. Uh-huh. Where we've been around for long enough that I think you know people know what we're doing and it's not, you know, a, a bashing Disney or praise Disney. It's just really trying to be as you know, balanced about it as possible. Um, but I think next year's going to be great. But there's jokes I would love to see in a Christmas uh, theme. You get out to the Trap Safari, uh-huh. and you say, it's great that these rhinoceros are getting into the, the holiday spirit. Look, he's trying to give that guy a Christmas goose. <sighs> Grown. See, that's perfect. Or, yeah. you know, we're setting, we're setting out from the boat docks with only one day's worth of motor oil, but it, amazingly it'll last us for eight days. <laughs> you know, there's just there's these... There's great jokes that are non that are not you know religiously pointed, yeah. But that you can work into it. That's pretty good. I think that's you know I think it's good to see that because it keeps the skippers energized. Yeah, I think that's the reason why you know you have to be cross trained because after doing the same spiels for 
six to eight months, you start getting a little stir crazy. Yeah, well, for as uh, excited and up I was about um, getting my Jungle Cruise job Mm -hmm. and doing the Jungle Cruise, it actually, by the end of the first summer, I really had just burned out. You had to have that little break after the first year. I remember going around, sitting on the stool, facing forward the entire time, not even looking at the, you know, guests, with my arm leaning on the dash panel there and my mic in my mouth, just reciting the spiel like a robot. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but for me... You, you can turn it on and it just comes. And there is a certain word at the end of a phrase that triggers the next phrase mm-hmm. in your brain, just starts reciting yep. it. And the problem is every so often one of those words could trigger one or two different phrases. And I remember kind of being in the Jungle Cruise and waking up <laughs> and not knowing exactly where I was in the ride and looking at the people and they're staring at me like what in the hell are you talking about and and it just it was just the sickest feeling and i, I remember coming back to the doc thinking oh my god i got to get off of this thing somehow <laughs> because well, and you you can't do it i mean much as i love doing it you know even i when i i got trained over at lincoln oh yeah uh and indiana jones and there was something else i had like three and i was an area greeter for a while uh-huh. Um, and I, oh, for one summer I pulled opening shifts on Tiki five days a week. I don't know how seniority wise that it, yeah. it worked like my second or third year just was at Tiki. And it, it was nice to break that up. Cause if you're doing jungle over and over again, it really can, can be draining. Um, and I think that's why you get people who are stuck there who don't get trained elsewhere. Why, why the, the bad spot in the apple happens. Yeah. I yeah. think that it, it, it gets in there and kind of becomes a corrupting factor and kind of presses it. Um, Speaking about Tiki, did you uh, are you familiar with the Tiki Fund, the Maui Fund, I guess it was called? No, no, I'm... Oh, i got to tell you this story. So, uh, Ray Flores, another legend at Disneyland in those days, um, introduced me to this. And they're in the Tiki Room waiting area, there's a thing called the Maui God, right, mm-hmm. that dumps the water and it's got the clock. So whenever people see water and a thing, they start throwing coins in there. So I'm learning how to work the tiki, and Ray goes up and says, you got to come with about uh, half a buck worth of change and throw it in this pond when you come. (laughs) I said, why? And he goes, because if they see the money in there, they're going to throw money. And I go, okay. And so then he takes me over to open the treehouse, and he says, now you see this bed here? you got to put about a dollar and a half worth of change on this bed. And I go, why is that? He goes, because if people see the money there, they're going to pitch their coins and try and add to it. So that was the, those two things combined were called the Maui Fund. And there was actually um, a, somebody opened an account at the Bank of America that used to be behind, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Main Street there. Uh, and they the foreman at, who closed the ride was responsible for taking out the dollar fifty and the fifty cents and putting those in the foreman's office and then taking the rest of the money and depositing it into the Maui fund and then at the end of summer they'd have a a Maui crew party. That's hilarious. <laughs> and there would be a uh, lot of money. Oh there. yeah. That's hilarious. And then of course on Big Thunder they had the same thing, only it was amplified because there were more guests more going through and there was more water and um, they tried everything to keep people from throwing money in there, yeah. uh, 
See, and now it all goes to Boys and Girls Club or whatever the charity is that they do, and they actually have divers who who clean out clean the, out that yeah because yeah. that Sleeping Beauty's castle. There's a lot of it. I remember um, cleaning out Thunder one time and getting. We, it was the middle of the night. We were doing train testing, and we cleaned out the Thunder Pond. And I think there was something like. Three hundred and fifty dollars there, which at the time was yeah, a huge, huge amount money. of money. Did you ever? So, um, did you ever work at Jungle or or um, uh, on the on the Mark Twain or Columbia when the rivers were drained? Did you ever? No, I never. In fact, I have never seen the rivers drained. I've never been able to get into yeah. the park. Now the Jungle Cruise, I they, I have seen that. Yeah, when that I remember I, them draining it. Gosh, I want to say it was in seventy seven. Yeah, I, I think that one of my gaps in service was when the piranhas were going in. Oh yeah, um, I think that was I was out of the park for. A while. I had a couple like spaces in the middle of my time that I was there where I went and had a real job and mm-hmm. you know made real money and things like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually never got to walk on the on the river. It's one of my things I wish I could have done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the stories about the stuff that that's pulled out of the river. Oh my god! Bowling balls, yeah, and ECVs, and televisions, and yeah, yeah the, the stuff that's in there. Uh, let's see. I just thought of another story. One time, the Jungle Cruise got shut down because uh, there was foam pouring out of all of the waterfalls. I mean, just incredible, deep, like as deep as the mm-hmm. the rails of the jungle boat. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was, in boat storage, you got the restaurant, uh, Coke Corner, back there. Mm -hmm. And that's also, at the end of boat storage, is a pickup for all the waterfalls in the ride. And there was a five-gallon bucket of... of, uh, Laundry of soap? Dish Dish soap. soap. And somebody knocked it over, and the whole five gallons went into the pumps. And it shut the ride down for... Almost an hour, they had to come with a defoaming agent to put it down. Well, it was unbelievable. They um, that that happened in the early '90s intentionally, where as a last day prank, oh somebody, someone, did that. someone did that with yeah. like laundry soap or something. Yeah. I think the one that I, I wish that it had been able to sustain for more than about a half an hour, um, but some skippers, maybe I was involved in this, brought in about twenty five. <laughs> 30 um, pounds of dry ice. Oh, that's on, pretty cool. on Halloween, we took it to the top of uh, Schweitzer Falls and put it there, and the, the foam, the, the mist kind of rolled yeah, over the top of it. Yeah, that would have been really It lasted neat. maybe 15 or 20 minutes oh, of yeah. good effect. And yeah. I have a photo, a photo floating around somewhere. That's, I guess that's the one thing. For any current skippers, people who are working there now or who are going to work in the future, my number one piece of advice take a ton of photos. Yeah. Because I was at that point where camera phones really weren't. It was like, you know, 640 by 480 Uh, or 320 by 160. The quality was not there on the camera phones. So, you know, and I didn't bring in my my good stuff. Take pictures. I mean, oh, my God. I I only have maybe 50 or 75 pictures of my entire time there. So, yeah, just uh, camera phones are great for that, that, you know, documents the time. Yeah, I wish, uh, you know, I think back and look, I have lots of pictures, but I wish I had taken – more pictures of just things like yeah. the the load area and the unload area. And just and people. Just pe- people you well, work with. People, I got lots of people pictures. I mean, yeah. But uh, just, uh, you know, things like, you know, the backside of the elephant bathing pool and stuff that you don't get to see, you know. Yeah. That, that was. I, I have a picture of Bertha's, like Bertha's control cave in the back of Bertha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a picture. There's some neat stuff, but it's, it's not what I, I – I'm actually – my last day – 
uh, like the first time that I'm working there, my last day, I brought my nice digital camera in. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a professional, so I had, you right. know, a beautiful at the time. Yeah, 8 megapixels at the time right. was huge, and I had my <laughs> whole thing in there. Uh, left both of my batteries at home. Uh, and so I had to use a disposable camera on my last day. And it was the only oh day I'd gosh. only day I'd really been able to have a full safari and see the Elvis spot on the back of the giraffes oh, and yeah. you know, get out there and I have a picture of myself riding the rhinoceros and you know this is pretty cool. All kinds of good stuff. But um yeah, that, I was so upset that I didn't get to really play when I was out there with a good camera and yeah. So let's let's shift gears real quick because we're okay. kind of wrapping toward the end of this. Sure. Let's talk about your Facebook page that um, that you curate. Is that a nice way of saying it? Yeah. Manage whatever. Manage. Yeah. Uh, was was that? Uh, do you want to give the the kind of backstory of it? Or? So we're talking. The name of the page is Disney Friends Who Passed Our Way, mm-hmm. and it's kind of my corny way of uh, memorializing uh, Disney friends who have passed away. Um, and that what happened was I was when Facebook when I first got on Facebook I started going crazy posting pictures of all my friends from Disneyland and I noticed I had several pictures quite a few of guys who weren't with us anymore and I thought it's too bad they don't have a Facebook page you know because I would like to make comments that and get comments from other people and I thought I I could make a group and so. Um, that's what I did. I I found all the pictures of guys that I had known who passed away that I had in my collection, and I uh, I put them up there. And I thought, you know, I'll probably get twenty or thirty, maybe forty people that will kind of see this, and they'll post some stuff, and it'll be interesting. And so now there's two thousand members, and there's another thousand people that want to join, but they don't. They're not getting in because they have no connection to Disney whatsoever. Yeah. And they just want to be spammers. But anyway, so uh, so I posted those, and it has just it, – it grew into something that I never thought it would be. It's um, I think it's a really neat thing, and I've gotten a lot of feedback from uh, family members of deceased cast members who never had any connection with the park and didn't understand – uh, the camarad- camaraderie and just the scope of friends and and fun stories that exist um, out there. And so it has been a very meaningful thing for those people yeah. to get to kind of a little glimpse of what their loved one's uh, Disney career was like. Well, in my, from my understanding, I tried to do a little bit of research into this, but it is, as far as I can find, the largest... Um, membership group of Disney cast members on Facebook. Oh, okay. Um, I was not I able. I wasn't able to find any other group that was that was as large. Mm-hmm. And two thousand is still a relatively small sampling. But yeah. you know, there were some five and six hundred. The nine five one group um, with all the West Side guys from the the late eighties, early nineties. Now, is that uh, Tori's page? I don't know. It's called, the, uh, Adventure, uh, it's called Disneyland West Side. Yeah, no, no. There's actually one. It's it's, it's actually specifically kind of for the, when nine five one split off uh, oh, with okay. you know Adventure Frontier versus. Right. Um, I think that's got six hundred people on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that our skipper. There's a skipper page that has about five or six hundred. But yeah, no. I mean, it's two two thousand plus is is a significant number of people. And the 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 thing that I actually thought was um, 
was valuable and important about it is that it is it is a place for public grieving, right. and you know, and unfortunately, we, you know, from the from the space of people who are really connected to, to other people at the park. Uh-huh. You know, we've, we've lost some people over the last couple of years who were very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, everyone's important, but I mean, the people who are, um, who are very connected. I and mean, Cecile, I think is the biggest, yeah. um, the biggest yeah, one. I, I couldn't believe it when I, when I saw yeah. her picture posted, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, for those of us at a certain time when Henry, uh, Ledsma, um, uh, I guess Henry would have been a couple of years ago now. Um, kind of short guy. Yeah. He worked there forever. Um, but, you know, we lost uh, uh, Diane Disney Miller this year. Yeah. And I thought it was nice to have her, you know, in that because, you know, she was – whereas she wasn't a park employee, you know, she, there, right. was, there was a, a connection there. I got to meet her and, and Christopher, um, Walt's grandson, when I was working uh, Lincoln. Uh-huh. And it was a really – a defining moment for my time at the park. Uh, so, but no, I, but I think it's, it's nice because it, I mean, it's tough. It's how, it's how we process grief. Right. Um, and how we're able to, um, come to grips with, you know, where we're at in the world and the, the times that we had with these people, but it also reconnects, you know, you to the people who you may not have been in touch with. Yeah. Um, it, it allows a focal point for, um, the grief, but also for the bonding and for the reconnection. Well, you know, what I hoped it would do, because most of the people that I posted at the beginning had been long since passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't so much about grief, but just sharing some really fun stories sure. and remembering just some great times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's morphed a little bit from that, but um, it's still, I think, just such a uh, such a neat uh, thing to see people coming together and you know, expressing themselves, either grieving or mm-hmm. or celebrating their yeah. lives well, of these people. And I'm not saying grieving as far as the sadness, but just the process Maybe. of of processing who these people were in your life right. and and the times that you were at and where you stand in the universe and it's just a really it's a really um it it keeps it connected because uh, there's obviously the face of Disneyland where we talk about the goofing around and the joking and the foam and the waterfalls and all those things yeah. and you know and I've I've tried as we go on with the podcast to try to to tone it a little bit more seriously and you know have have a little bit deeper discussions um but it's easy to uh kind of kind of you know uh trying to think of the the right word for it it's to take easy terms like you know that we're a family or a fraternity or all of those things and we say it but it doesn't have a lot of weight until we get to a point where we lose someone right and then it changes the definition of, of what that family and what that fraternity of guys, you know, I've, I've wanted to make, you know, have a, you know, you have the, uh, the, the order of elk and the order of, you know, the line, red handkerchief. I, yeah, I want, yeah. I want a hippo, the fraternal order of hippos. <laughs> um, if only for the fact that, you know, then you can bond together and, and, uh, get health insurance as a group. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it does, it, 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 it gives a weight, um, in a positive way. It, it gives, um, gravitas or whatever it is to right. to the family that we had when we were working at the resort and it really yeah. does create um, a great sense of the people who you worked with and and how important that they were to you at the time and it lets it reminds you it's a good yeah. it's a good place to step 
and reflect on what working at Disneyland means to people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've learned a lot about my own career there, uh, what it meant, you know, uh, just from these posts that I read, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. That, that was a particularly poignant thing that happened, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, just to kind of put the period at the end, uh, to find out what became of someone. Yeah. Like I knew somebody passed away, but having the details and, and that kind of finalizes things. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, also important to not just wonder what whatever became of that sure, person. Sure. So. There's um there's also this uh, you know from the purely Disney uh, fan side of things or just you know uh, devotee of the park uh-huh. getting to see some of the the pictures of Wally Bogue and, oh my and God. that whole discussion yeah. you know well, you know he has his own page I'm, I'm yeah, sure, yeah yeah absolutely so. but there, there's so much great information uh, that gets put on. Not great information, but great pictures and stories and memories. And information, too. But, yeah, really great uh, little tidbits of information, stuff I never heard. Because it's his son posts. It's what? It was his son who put up a bunch of postings? Yeah, his son has, and then lots of people that had, you know, friendships with him or experiences, you know. My favorite thing is to read somebody saying, I'll never forget one time we did this or this happened and he, he reacted, someone he reacted a certain way. That just to me makes that person live, you know. Yeah, yeah. The um, and it it also kind of brings home when there are changes, how big they are. I mean, this yeah. was the, this was the year that over the holiday season saw Billy Hill and the Hillbillies let go from their position at Disneyland, and what a f- effing shame. Yeah. Well, it's the same shame that when the horseshoe got. I was just thinking the same thing, you know, yeah. when I heard that. They, their show was gone, and I thought that's the same thing that happened with the uh, with the horseshoe. You know, yeah. the new regime comes in, and they're going to clean house. Yeah. So. Now, I I I don't have this on credible things, but I in one of the articles, I want to say it was the OC Register article. Um, there was a comment about that they're they're putting something back on the stage at Golden Horseshoe. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, it would be great to see something. That, well, you know, that's kind of what the place was designed for, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it, it needs to be. It's I mean, it dumb makes, to have it be a chili what, house. What is it? It's just a food place? I mean, that's Well, it. yeah, I mean, I know that there's some show going on there, but it's not, you know, Nothing the level. Like what it was, yeah. But I think that's, you know, and maybe that leads us around to the biggest thing that, you know, over the last three years we've, we've said about the podcast. Um, everything, everything changes and everything... Yeah. Uh, as much as it changes, there's things that will always feel the same, and, and you know there is no set time where it's the best of Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, you know it's it's the memories you choose to make as a cast member. Everyone gets their summer, yeah, uh, and you try to go back, and it's never going to be the same because that's when it was magical for you. So I'm going to tell you what I tell people about my career at Disneyland uh, whenever they ask, you know, what happened? Why'd you leave? And so what happened was, I remember when I hired in, and I got there, and there were these quote-unquote old-timers, some of them 55ers, you know, and they would say, oh, you know, this job is great and everything, but you should have been here when it was fun. You know, it was was great. Before you got here, it was really a great place to work. Now it sucks, you know. And I, and I, I would think, I'm having the time of my life. What are these people talking about, you know? 
And so then we flash forward uh, to my eighth year, and I'm on the Mark Twain, and this new guy comes walking up from his deck watch, and he's ready to take over. And I, we're talking, and he said, "Ah, oh, it's so much fun working here." And I said to him, "You know, it used to be really great to work here." And I and I heard myself saying that, and I said, "It is time for me to leave," yeah. <laughs> because uh, I had my summer, if you will. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, I I worked three-ish years, took a little bit of time off, then came back and, uh-huh. and had to fight to get back on the jungle. I was uh, slotted to be trained there originally, and then the can- training got canceled, and they put me over to Indy for six or eight months before I could get back to jungle, and it was, uh, for me, it was an ordeal, because the only reason I came back is because I wanted to work jungle for a year or two, uh-huh. and it didn't end up, you know, working out that way, right. and I still had a good time at Indy, but it's, it's you know, that Not wasn't where same. my heart was yeah. at. Um the it, it wasn't the same coming back the second time. Yeah, and there you can sit there and you can say, "Oh, it's management. Oh, it's other people you work with. It's changes in leadership." I think it's just that that it is that one magic summer that you know maybe it lasts for two yeah. or three years, but right. it's it's that time. Um, it's like high school. That's, it's that that is so exactly. You think but, back to high school and you think. God, this was great or that was great. And if you had the chance to do it all over again, you know what we always, we always say is? I would actually study more. Yeah. I would actually yeah. go to exactly. college, you know, get ready for college. I, I would actually, because, you know, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. And we don't know what we've got until, until we have distance. Yeah. And I think that's the best, um, that's the best tagline for the Facebook group is, you yeah. know, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And right. it's a great place to, to look back on that. Um, so just to confirm, the the rules for joining, I mean, for cap, people who want to listen, you just need to have have worked at the resort and have no, current... No, no, no. Here's the deal. Um, all you have to do, and first of all, anybody can look at the site. It's right. completely public. But if you want to post, you either have to have uh, a friend, quote-unquote, a Facebook friend who's already a member. Mm-hmm. If you do, then you're in automatically. I'll, I'll put you right in. Or... You have to send me a message and just tell me you want in. Yeah. You don't even have to say why. You can be anybody from anywhere at any time. All you have to do is send me a thing saying I want in. Mm-hmm. And what that stops is the spam because they don't want nobody wants to take that time if they're spamming. Yep. And so, but um, I can't limit it to just somebody who worked at the park oh. because there's so many family. Yeah, members. family. You're right. And so it's pretty much open. Anyone just yeah. have to ask. I'll, I'll put, I'll put unless the you have friends in already, then you're yeah. in. I'll put the links up on this side. The um, okay. I, I'll share one final fun story that just happened uh we have another jungle cruise skipper page that's about 600 or so people um and uh i'm not an admin on it i would love to i'd be happy to talking that that's jungle skipper facebook page yeah Yeah. facebook page yeah yeah. and um uh, curated by a friend of mine named mike who's a great guy who's too busy and sometimes doesn't see when the spam posts get put up yeah and um we got a company that was an insurance company who sells insurance to people in the nautical industry. Uh-huh. Oddly enough, their company is insurance to skippers. Oh. And they they specialize in like if your skipper gets sick, they'll get another skipper out to you. Stand a skipper for your yachts and yacht insurance. Right. So this company jumps on there and they, they put up a post that they think 
is very topical. And I can right. see that because they, they see the word skipper. Didn't the they didn't read the description <laughs> of the post. So I sent them a private message, and I'm like, you know, you might be targeting the wrong yeah. group of people because so we funny. don't have yachts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty rare... Uh, well, there are yeah, probably some. 26-footers or something. Yeah, that, that's not really a yacht. Until you get to 43, that's, I think, the yacht level. So, Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, anyway. I'm, glad, I'm glad that after our uh, original missteps, I, my first, you know, we were trying to do this around November with my wedding. It just got to oh, be yeah, insanely. Yeah. But I'm glad that this is perfect timing. I think we had a great chance to uh, to kind of – any any other skippers you want to give a – a moment to recognize or anything you've got the oh, mic is yours for- i worked with so many great guys um i feel like i'm at the academy awards now yeah so uh like to thank all know, the little people the Doug dwarves Boynton the munchkins was one of my favorite foremans um and uh chuck abbott of course and stan blank i'm sure a lot of you guys out there would know um he was uh, just uh, one of a kind unfortunately he's on the disney friends page um and Frank Hilberg, and oh my gosh, I could just go on and on. Don Chapman. Um, it was uh, just such a, a great time in my life. Um, and it's one that no matter how hard you try, that like we just said, it'll never, you'll never repeat that. And fortunately, I paid attention <clears throat> the whole time and enjoyed the whole time thoroughly. And I kind of knew what I had at the time, I think. Um, it was just such a great experience. Uh, I, I long for that kind of comradeship in, in a uh, work environment, and I haven't really been able to find it anywhere. So it was good yep. times. Well, luckily, that's the one thing is that um, you know those, those connections don't fade, and even years and years after, skippers yeah. are still skippers, and uh, there's still that connection yeah. that, that holds on after the years. So. And you can meet with those people that you haven't seen for years and pick up right where you left off. It's such a great, and, great and, thing. And even people you don't know right. up front. There's, you you there's, now share some common bond. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there's a lot of common bondage on the Jungle Cruise. That's, <laughs> it's that's not how I meant to phrase yeah. that. that. That could be differently <laughs> phrased. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. To all of our listeners, thanks again. Uh, we'll continue... Uh, Putting them up as quickly as we can find Skip's interview. Uh, if you were, were a Jungle Cruise skipper or are a Jungle Cruise skipper, um, I guess we can't do current cast members. If you were a Jungle Cruise skipper or you know someone who was or who worked at the resort who might have an interesting story, drop us an email, junglecruisecrews at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash junglecruisecrews. And uh, we're on Stitcher Radio, which if you have not discovered yet, if you're on an iPhone or um, uh, Android or you're on a, a PC desktop, it's a great way to listen to podcasts. Um, makes it a, a very simple. And then, of course, we have our, our webpage as well. So thanks, everyone. We'll uh, catch you in the following weeks. And Kungaloosh. <laughs>